Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to, to gather together, Father, to worship you, to learn about your word. Father, we ask now that everything done and said will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father. We pray that this message will accomplish what it was sent to do, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So I went outside of my normal censorship this week and got a joke approved. It may not be approved by everybody, but Mr. Bill said it was funny and it was okay, so we're going to tell that one. So Adam and God were sitting in the garden one day, and they were discussing things. And Adam said, God, why did you make Eve so beautiful? He said, son, I wanted to do it where you wanted to look at her. So how, why did you make her so soft? He said, son, I wanted you to want to touch her. So why did you make her smell so good? He said, I wanted you to be close to her. And just overall, I just wanted you to love her. And he said, God, I only got one more question. Why did you make her so dumb? And he said, son, I wanted her to love you. <laughs> so if you're offended by that, Mr. Bill said it was okay. At least somebody laughed this week because last week was putrid. I mean, it was terrible. I did, however, just in case y'all wondered, explain one of the jokes to my children and then they laughed. So I'm going to explain it to you. Who knew the most people in the Bible? Abraham. He knew a lot. His brother is named Lot. He knew a lot. No, it's still not funny. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Still not funny. Okay. So um, what we're going to talk about this week, and this, this, this sermon has, has, has grown and changed and moved, and the title's changed about three times. And in fact, when I told Thomas, I told Thomas multiple titles, so you can take whatever title you want. At first, it was, it was waiting on God, and then it was uh, growing in God, and then it was growth, and then it was growing time. So we, we stuck with growing time is how it ended up. But there's a time... There are times in our lives where we're waiting on God to do something or change something or bend something or move something. Or, and, and, and a lot of times you get discouraged in those times. But I want you to look at it in a different manner. Um, think about it if you went out, um, and I know it's the wrong time of year. I get it. I understand. But think about it if you went out and planted your seed in your garden, Right? And you waited 24 hours and then nothing happened and you went out and dug the seed up and you moved it over a little bit. And you, you waited 24 hours and nothing happened and you went out and dug your seed up and you planted it again and you waited 24 hours. Now what's wrong with this seed? Well, the truth is, is we didn't give it enough time to grow to do what it was supposed to do. It would be the same thing like if you planted a garden today and you wanted to go back and pick vegetables tomorrow. That's not how it works. However, a lot of times in our lifetime, we expect... You know, 22, graduated from college, I want my dream job. The problem with your dream job at 22 is you're not mature enough, dependable enough, smart enough to have your dream job because you're going to ruin it. You need your not dream job. You need the worst boss ever. You need to figure out what it looks like to be a good employee. You need to go through some hard knocks. Why? Because God doesn't want best for you? No. Because you need to grow and mature as a person. Think about a fig tree. In, in the first year, it's about this big, right? You buy it from Walmart or pig, plum, pear, whatever you want. I don't care. Apple tree. And it's about this big. And walking out and looking at it and going, I am so disappointed. I thought we were going to get a couple of cases of apples or plums or figs off of this. Off of this one poor little tree that's this big. That's how we treat a lot of things in our life. We, we go and buy them brand new and we go, all right, I need the maximum amount of return. Instantly. Instantly. I need cases of apples off of you. 
You have one bloom, really? One whole bloom, maybe two blooms? And then those apples aren't going to taste very good. If you ever had apple trees, it takes a couple years for the tree themselves to actually start producing good apples. Why? Because it takes time for the tree to grow up, mature, to be able to have the nutrients in the ground, to be able to feed the fruit, to be able to grow and do properly. Well, wait a minute. How many of us are in that same situation that we are brand new little apple trees and not only ourselves, but all the people around us all of a sudden expect for us to produce cases of apples? How unfair is that? I liken the little kids. I want to pour my own milk today. I can do it. Think about it. Three-year-old gallon of milk, I can do it. I can pour it. I want to pour it. I can do it. Well, what's amazing is, is when they're three, four, five, six years old, they want to pour it themselves. They want to handle the big old jug, and they pour it on the floor and on the counter and spill the cup. Somehow when they're like 17 and 18, they don't want to pour it themselves anymore. They would rather you pour it for them. We have a long time that we, God is using time to develop us. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. So if our steps are ordered by God and we trust God and we know God has a plan for our lives, why are we upset when the plan doesn't go like we want it to? Does it make sense? I think it's the next verse that I really like. Um, Psalms 37 Um, 23, the Lord makes his steps firm for the one who delights in him. And if I got to flip the page, though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him in his hand. So, so if, if it's a necessary growth period between who you were 10 years ago and who you are now, although you didn't see all of the turns and the cuts and the moves and the job changes and the things life has thrown at you. When we trust in God and we're solidified on his plan for our lives, we don't have the emotional up and down that takes place. We should be, right, we should have ourselves founded on God's word to where we're not easily moved. We're rooted and grounded in faith and we're not easily moved. So if good things happen, great. Bad things happen, fine. I know my steps are ordered by God. I know that God has a plan for my life. I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And so, if you have that opinion or you can get to that growth spot to understand that the tree needs to be five, six, eight years old before it's going to actually bear fruit, for the child actually has to be 10, 11, 12 years old before it can handle the gallon of milk, that I need three or four jobs before I can figure out what I really need to be when I grow up, that gives you time to grow and develop and makes you a better person. <clears throat> I actually took a picture of my scriptures, and then I used the scripture that wasn't on the list. And I know Thomas is like, wait a minute. He did. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't do that. Very good. So if you will, turn with me to James um, chapter 5 and verse 7. Ooh, come on. That's Peter. Back to James. <clears throat> James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crops, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near, right? Do not grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or will you, be, you will be judged. So if you talk to folks, I mean, you talk to Bob, right? You ask Bob on my car, right? I bet they both know. 
How many days does it take from when you plant corn to when it's supposed to be six inches tall? Or how many days after it tossles is it supposed to silt? Or how many days after it silt is it supposed to be ready? Y'all know the answer, right? I mean, it's this many days on this corn and this many days on this corn. And when we look at it and go, well, yeah, but I mean, that's corn and everybody understands. And no. I mean, how many of y'all knew that? That there's a formula that, that after it tossles, there's this many days before it silts. And after it silts, there's this many days before the cobbler. Everybody knew that? No, not so much. But if you understand that that's what happens, then when you see it tossle, you know you've got so many days for the corn to be ready. The same way if you read God's word and you trust in God's plan, you see things happening and go, hey, I know that trials and tribulations are happening in my life. And as it does, I'm maturing into being the person that I'm supposed to be. Now, there's not a formula that says, you know, 22 days after it silts, it's going to be done in sweet corn. I mean, that's, that God doesn't have a formula that says that when you're 37 years old, four days and six hours, you're going to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life. But if we trust in God and we trust in God's plan, what are we so upset about? Why are we so moved by what happens in the world? We shouldn't be. Stock market's up, stock market's down, job market's up, job market's down. Well, I don't care. God has my life ordered in front of me. The problem is this. We try so hard to help God get his plan right in our life that sometimes we mess it up. We run from point A to point B, from this job to that job to this job to that job because they weren't treating me right and they didn't do this. When if we would have just prayed and waited on God, we'd have went from job one to job two, which was the job we were supposed to be in. But we went from job one to job two to job three to job four to job five to job six. And we still ain't got to the job we're supposed to be in because we don't have enough intestinal fortitude to stand there long enough. Now, if I'm preaching at you and, and you don't want anybody to know, you just say amen occasionally and nobody will know that I'm preaching at you. <laughs> then nobody will know. They're like, well, you hear, you hear Chad? He said amen. He must be living like Robbie said. And nobody knows any different. But if I am preaching at you, then listen just for a second and understand that either we believe God has a plan for our life or we do not. And if we do, then how dare you be upset at how the plan is going? Whether it's up or down or in or out. The seed, I mean, can you imagine being a seed? And you're in the bag and you're ready to go. Oh, I'm going to be a seed. I'm going to be a stalk of corn. I'm going to grow some corn. And then the first thing they do is what? Dig a hole, put you under the ground, cover you up. Oh, wait a minute. This wasn't part of the plan. But it's necessary. That dark time is necessary for you to grow. If you're going to be a seed and you're going to grow into a stalk of corn, you've you got to be planted. You've got to be planted to where the, the ground can nurture you and you can get water and nutrients out of the ground and you have something to put roots in to where you can grow up. You can't go out every day and move your seed. Go, I don't know why I don't got no roots. I can't figure out why this ain't working. We got a kid that used to play softball with us. She's played on every softball team I can name. Her, her mom and dad are, 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 are folks that travel all over, and they, they, they're, they're nurses, and, 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 and I love them, and they're good folks, but they don't have roots. They go from here to there to there to there to there to there to there, and they don't have roots. And it, it is tough to watch. And, and I'm the opposite, right? I have two deeper roots. I'm extremely loyal, right? I mean, think about it. Lived in the same house for 20-something years. I've been in the same church my entire life, Michael's talking about the people that grew up in this church don't know them hymns. I ain't never sung out of no book. I only sung out of the wall. 
Well, wait a minute. We used to sing off the projector. Did I used to run to make sure that we got the words turned the right way? Oh, Lord, I got them upside down, right? The little thing that sat out in front. I, ain't, I only ever sung off the wall. That's all I've ever done. I've never been to another church. Me and Michael were cleaning out the, what was the lab, well, it was a junk room and then turned into a library and then was gone. And we were talking about it one day about being in different churches. And Michael said, you ought to go listen to what other people say. And I'm like, I never sat under anybody but granddaddy. And I told him then, I don't got time. I don't got time to go listen to somebody else be wrong just to understand what it looks like to be right. I don't have time for that. Not saying that we're the only people that's right. No, no hate bail. But we have to be planted and rooted and grounded in God's word and in God's plan to where we start to grow and develop and be the person that we're supposed to be and not easily blown around, not easily moved. We can't be on fire for God one weekend in the world the next week and then on fire for God again and then we're going to revival and then we're doing this. We have to be rooted and grounded, not easily moved. In our growing time, when it's the hardest, is where you progress the most. That corn seed, when you plant it underground, it has, Daddy can tell you, it has so many things, units of kinetic energy that it has locked in that seed to get to the top of the ground. It only has that much kinetic energy, right? Did y'all know that? That a seed has X amount of kinetic energy. And if you plant a seed, and I don't know all the rules, but, you know, depending on the size of the seed and what it looks like, if you plant it just a smidge too deep, it does not have enough kinetic energy to get to the top. Did y'all know that? But God planted us exactly where we're supposed to be with the proper amount of kinetic energy to where when we trust his plan and we live according to his word, that we have more than enough energy to get to the top, more than enough nutrients in the ground, more than enough water, right? I mean, that next verse in 37 of Psalms 37, David is talking, right? And he's talking about my steps being ordered by God. 37, 25, David says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children beg for bread. So in the same sentence that he said, God orders your steps, that he will not let you fall and he is, you are in his hand. The next thing he said is, I was young and now I am old. And I have never seen the righteous beg for bread. So what are we doing? So if, if, listen, if you don't believe anything else in the Bible except for like John 3, 16, Roman 9, Roman 10, 9 and 10, and, and Psalms 37, right? If you just get elementary, right? Just very elementary. We are way past elementary. But if we just have elementary knowledge of the Bible and you understand those three scriptures, that God loved the world and he sent his son for us, that, that salvation comes from believing and confessing and that our steps are ordered by God and he has a plan and he will not let us fall. What are we so excited about? I mean, there's lots of other scriptures and lots of other things that we grow and develop and mature. I mean, Paul says that, you know, you're still on milk and you should be taking meat. But if you're on milk, if you just don't milk, if you can go to those three scriptures and understand that God loved us and sent his son, that he saved us through our confession, and that the, he has ordered my steps and has me in the palm of his hand, what am I so concerned over? Of what the world says? Of what's going on around me? I'm not concerned over that. I know that I'm growing to be the person God made me to be. And the more time I spend trying to be obedient and the less time I spend trying to fix his plan because I think he made a mistake, 
Now, how funny does that sound? That I think God screwed up when he made me, or he didn't do right when he made me, or when he sent me somewhere, it wasn't where he was supposed to. I mean, think about that. Yet we get in situations where God wants us to be. Was that old bloom where you're planted? We get in situations where God sent us, and we can't sit still long enough for it to develop and mature where we can be the impact that we're supposed to be because we're so sensualized with the world that we have to be bigger and stronger and faster sooner. We need to produce that bushel of apples today. We're not ready for that. You know what happens when a little tree has a big spring and has lots of blooms on it? Does anybody know? When, like when a little tiny tree has lots of blooms and lots of fruit, you know what happens? It breaks all the limbs out. It tears the tree down. It destroys it. It, it destroys it. It overachieves so much that the weight of its own success tears down the tree. Now that's profound, isn't it? So when our success does not look that great, and it looks kind of small, and Granddaddy used to tell a story, right, that you know, we were, he was perfect, and that people had a hard time understanding that he was perfect with that nose and those feet, that he was still perfect. And he said that God showed him one day that an apple, when it was on the bush, it's a little green knot. That as soon as the bloom falls off, it turns into a little green bitter knot. I know y'all remember him telling the story. And for that time, in that kind of apple, that bitter green knot is absolutely perfect. Perfect in every way, shape, and form. Not good to eat, not much to look at, but for the stage of development that it's in, it's perfect. Now, if we can take that and go to our lives and say, hey, look, we don't act like we're supposed to all the time, and we don't always do what's right, and we don't always say the right thing, and sometimes we let stuff bother us. But for the stage that I'm in, in the growth season that I'm in, I am doing the best I can, and I understand that God thinks I'm just as good as I'm supposed to be. When we can understand that we are exactly where God wants us to be, that when we're rooted and grounded in his word, right? We're still doing our challenge, right? We're still doing our challenge. We're still reading God's word every morning first. We're still putting God first. When we get into that situation where we're putting God first, we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And that ain't always perfect. Y'all ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. They ain't perfect. People on TV ain't perfect. And, you know, that's the problem with today's world is the filters and the, and the, and the social media, everybody. I mean, like the beach pictures. If <laughs> y'all ever seen our beach pictures on the beach and we all standing there and smiling and everybody's hair is bright and matching uniforms and it looks super fantastic, that is a lie. None of that is true. Nobody there except maybe mama and, and, and daddy because he's been married long enough to know better is happy about what we're doing. Nobody is smiling and giddy. Nobody gets to the beach the week of beach week and goes, when are we taking pictures? That's not the first thing. Now, they go, when is Krispy Kreme morning? When are we going to the pier? When are we going to get to ride the golf cart? When do we get to get on the beach? All of those things we're really cool about. When is time to take pictures? Nobody asked that. In fact, Mama now has bribed us to where this is the day we, we announce. She announces like the week before we go to the beach. Okay, Tuesday afternoon at 6.30, we're going to take pictures. So y'all go ahead and get right because that's when it's going to happen. Right? I mean, we, we, we pre-schedule, pre-date 
when is this going to take place? Jennifer's coming this day. I need y'all to be nice and, and, and dressed and ready at this time. And hopefully the wind isn't blowing too hard and there's no sand. And there's this, I mean, there's a whole thing. But the picture is amazing. <laughs> I'm a terrible smiler. I'm not trying. This is the best smile I got. And then it's worse now with Philip's little kids because we used to threaten to hurt our little kids. Now Philip's little kids are like, I don't want to be. And they're sprawled out in the water. I mean, you know, it, it's tough. But what goes on the Christmas card is fantastic. Well, that's the problem with the world is we only look at the Christmas card stuff. We look at the Instagram posts. We look at the Facebook posts. We look at the snap tweets or the whatever. And it looks like everything's super fantastic. And we're comparing our growth season to somebody else's growth season. And it's not the same. We're not all planning on the same day. We didn't all come up on the same day. We didn't all grow on the same day. We don't all have the same educational background. We don't all have the same spiritual background. It would be like taking a test with a PhD in a kindergartner and going, I can't believe you're not doing good as them. Oh, really? Well, I've been saved for about six months. I'm doing the best I can. He's been saved for 50 years. He should know more than me. And unfortunately, we have some folks that are 50-year-old kindergartners who have been saved for 50 years and won't get into growth season long enough to get in God's word and learn what it says and what his promises says about us and who we actually are. And I didn't know why I didn't expect the amen on that. That's okay. <clears throat> I'm okay. Second Peter. Um, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Do, for, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, right? It is, it's a lot of times our struggle... And I know we, we're in a spiritual battle, and look, look, I guarantee you we're in a spiritual battle, and right now especially we're in a spirit, we're in a battle between good and evil, and I know we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers and rulers in the dark. But a lot of times, what we take as an attack from the enemy is just a growing period from God. I know that one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can't get from this big an apple tree to this big an apple tree without thinking Satan is attacking us. Satan ain't attacking you. God is preparing you. Now, I'm not saying Satan ain't attacking you at all. I'm sure he is. That's his job, to go about like a roaring lion attacking you. But sometimes, uh, y'all ever, <clears throat> ever been to the, the you know, probably haven't. You ever been to a sporting goods store and bought a football? You, you, you know how many sizes of footballs there are? They're like five or six. They start like this big for the peewee, for the little, for the little guys, the, the, you know, the like little midgets running around, those guys. And every age group, the football gets slightly bigger. JV football plays with a small, or um, little league football plays with a smaller football. High school plays with a different football. College plays with a different football. The NFL plays with a different football. Now, if you took an NFL football and gave it to a little kid, it don't fit in his hand at all. It's like, I mean, it's like this big. He can't grab it. But the NFL guy's fingers are like this long, and it fits perfect. We're trying to play with somebody else's ball. We, we, we are not in the same age group as them. We are not in the same. And look, some of y'all are, are in the advanced age group, but you want to go play with a little ball because it's easier to throw. There's a whole lot less responsibility, right? 
Because if you're quarterback in a, a peewee little league football team, that's pretty easy. We got like four plays. We get Kool-Aid after the game, and nobody cares if we win or lose. But if you're a quarterback in an NFL team, millions of dollars are at stake every time you touch the field. And I know that's a silly um, example, but it's really not. Because when we are in the kingdom of God, and we are in the advanced kingdom of God, when we are the warriors of God, when we have been in this training for years and years and years and years, and like we said last week, we are on a high pedestal because we are the light of the world, it's tough. Sometimes things happen. It's not fun. It's not easy. I don't want to be sad. I don't want things to happen against me. Tough. We have to grow and develop into who God wants us to be. Uh, Romans 5. Trying to get through my scriptures. Get off my sports analogies. See, uh, Romans 5, um, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glorify glory in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produce perseverance and our perseverance character and our character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and who he has given to us. So what happens is, is when those growing periods take place, we get stronger and better, right? Like I said the other day, everybody can be a good teammate when the team's winning and everything's great and everything's wonderful. It's tougher and tougher times than when we are forced to go back to God's word and we don't have any hope and we don't have anything going our way. That is a growth time. And the more time we spend in God's word and the growth time, it actually shortens the growth time. Because as God's preparing you for your next level, you can either prepare and get stronger and be better and do. And look, wait a minute. I don't want for one second for this sermon to think that if you do really good, God likes you more. That, that, is, not, that, is, that is not the case. God loves you just who you are. And I don't know why that came up in my spirit. But God loves you just who you are. He loves you from the get-go. He loved you when you was a sinner. He loved you so much when you were a sinner that he sent his son to die for you. He loves you at level 12 or level 99 or level 5,000 or whatever level you're on. However, it is much more pleasing to God as we finish level one, that we go to level two, and then we go to level three, and then we go to level four, and we go to level five. And we continue to be part of the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Christ, where when we go into the world, we're an example to the world of what Christ looks like. That's our job, right? That's what we're supposed to do. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. That is our job. But as we grow, y'all ever play video games? Y'all ought to see Megan play Super Mario Brothers. The old one. Like the old Super Mario Brothers. Lane bought one of those silly things. And for like one whole week at the beach, Megan just destroyed Super Mario Brothers. I mean, she beat levels I'd never seen before. And I thought I was good at it. And it's silly because she'd get to this one level and it was hard to beat, right? She'd get back to this one level and it was hard to beat. And it took her some time. But a lot of times we are in the same boat. We get to this one level to where I can, I don't know, what do you want? I want to forgive. I want to grow. That I want to be generous. That I want to be righteous. I want to be in the righteousness of God. That I want to be bold. That I want to be rooted and grounded. Whatever level it is. Whatever level that's giving you a hard time. And we get to that level and we get stuck. Well, I don't want to be bold. Okay. Stay at level five. I don't want to have to tell people about Jesus. Okay. 
stay on that level. But we have to grow and mature to level up and continue to move to be who we're supposed to be in God. And sometimes that level's hard. I mean, it's a fiery lake or you have to jump across the bridge three times. Whatever Mario Brothers level you're on, it, it, it's difficult. It's not easy. Nobody said it was easy. And no, nowhere did I, did I read in this whole book that it said, if you follow Christ, it's going to be easy. And it didn't say that. He says that we'll have trials and tribulations and things are going to come against us. That's what it did say. But as we grow and develop, just like the little boys throw in the little ball, that ball gets easier and easier when we get on the next level and the next level and the next level. And as we grow and develop, and we trust God and know that our steps are ordered by God, that we can see the growth period coming. Hey, look, I got a growth period coming. Things are not going my way. Things are happening that I don't like. God's going to put me in an opportunity to where I can do something that I'm going to break out of this glass ceiling and get to the next level. Now, we're not smart enough to know that if it silts, it's 22 days before the corn's ready. I don't know how long the level's going to last. Sometimes it's a long time. Sometimes it's a short time. But when you're, I don't want to say patient. When you're faithful to God's word and you're faithful to God's plan, that time shortens. It's like working out. If you work out every day, you get stronger and better faster than if you work out once a week or once a month or once a quarter. You know, if you want to work out once a quarter, you're just really moving the weights where you can clean up around them. That's all you're doing. It's not really working out. <laughs> moving the treadmill from one side of the room to the other side of the room is not considered working out. <laughs> Reading our Bible every six months is not considered meditating on God's Word. Consistency and faithfulness, and it's and look, it's hard. It's going to take some growth, and it you know it's not always easy. I mean, those hot summer days when that corn's growing, it had rain in a couple days. You'll see the the leaves twist up, and then these two guys will say, "Corn stressing, corn stressing." Now, does the corn smart enough to stress? No, but it's stressing. It's waiting on water, right? It's waiting on God to supply its needs. Sometimes we stress. Why? Can the corn make it rain? Can the corn help itself out at all? No, it's just planted there. It's waiting on God to do his thing. It's in the growing periods to where we go through things and we develop and become who God wants us to be. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We thank you that it will go out. It will not return void, Father. We thank you for the times in our lives that we have grown and matured in your word, Father, that we count on you and we have faith in you. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen.